Okay. Hello, I'm Catherine. Hi, and I'm Gail. Hi, Gail. And we, we are delighted to welcome you today to Women Over 70's video series, Advocates for Women Aging. And with us is Linda Randall, who is 80. She lives in Chicago. She's been a practicing psychotherapist since 1976 and received special training in Gestalt therapy and coaching from the Coaches Training Institute. She's led workshops on assertiveness training, sexuality, communication skills, team building, loss, and grief. Her clients include individuals, couples, groups, and small businesses. Linda is now semi-retired, still sees clients, is on the board of the Village Chicago, a not-for-profit whose focus is on navigating longevity for people over 50. The Village believes in community and provides day-to-day -day help and support for ever-changing needs. This is where her heart is now. So again, Linda, welcome to Women Over 70. When you say you've done everything right, and I've heard you use that phrase, what do you mean by that? Well, Gail, I, I, I sort of think that that get everything right was connected to my email, my license plate that says right now, because <laughs> I will be the first thing, to, first person to tell you, I definitely don't get everything right. <laughs> and um, I'm not sure that I'd want to be with anyone who got everything right. It would be too intimidating for me. Yes. Um, so I think I've lived a long time and I think I've had a lot of experiences and I think that I've helped a lot of people, but I, I, I don't even know about what right is anymore to tell you. And as we get older, I don't think it matters. Right. I, I agree with you. Yeah. You're, you know, your years as a therapist centered in part on loss and loneliness and I think that's a great discussion for us to be having today in light of being during the COVID uh, pandemic that we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. so, so can you tell us more about that? Well, first of all, I, I want to say that um, I think loss and grieving come together. Mm -hmm. I think in order to feel loss, we have to grieve and we have to talk about our losses and it just uh, it's just part and parcel of loss so i will be talking about that too because as seniors we continue to have losses and we continue to worry about our losses and whether it's physical or psychological or emotional we have so many things that we're facing, so many changes. And every change, or most changes, are some kind of a loss. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a loss of something physical, or a loss of someone we know, or if it's a loss of uh, emotional loss, we can't remember things, we're not as um, cognitive as we used to be takes us longer to do things. So all these things we face, and I think they're all losses, and I think that COVID really makes, makes it worse. Yeah. Because we are contained in our homes, and part of 
being a whole person and part of being resilient in this world, which we all have to be, is about being with people. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm grateful to Zoom and grateful to the telephone, it's not the same as being with our family and our friends and being touched and touching. Right. So I think it's a particularly hard time. How do we, it's hard to become resilient all by yourself. <laughs> you know, you, you, you need a community. <laughs> so the village must be a community for you that helps, except that you're not meeting in person now. Right, right. I, I probably take more chances than a lot of people because, well, one of the things that strikes me is the expression, the best is yet to come, doesn't feel true anymore. Mm. Explain what, that a little more. It seems true instead, then. What, what is the other reality? Okay, so what reality is how can we make the best of what we have now, where we are now, and can we still find things to look forward to? And that's called resilience. That, that helps with being resilient. And I think the COVID puts a real stop sign on that. <laughs> it stops us in our tracks. So we have to pull from our resources. We have to pull from our inside, I think. Um, yeah. Or hope for sense of humor or um, believing that this will be over. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard. So what are some ways that you could maybe suggest people how they think about what to do, how, you know, what are different ways that we can cope during this time? Well, to me, one of the best ways is first be able to tell the truth. Like when you asked me how I was, instead of automatically saying fine, mm-hmm. I said fair. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think grieving and loss are complicated in this country because mm-hmm. we are taught that someone dies and you grieve for a certain amount of time and you move on. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about, wait a minute, what about the loss of my eyesight? And what about the loss of my hearing? And what about the loss of being able to run five miles? And why, why the loss of not being able to ride my bike? So those get accumulated inside, I think. And I think we need to talk about them. I think we need to have a friend that we can talk to now, whether it's on Zoom or whether it's on the phone. Or for me, it's about maybe getting a therapist to talk to a few times or maybe talking to someone about wellness. I don't know. Um, I just think that when we store that up and we're not willing to talk about it, we really get depressed. I mean, I think Michelle Obama being able to say, I'm depressed, was unbelievably wonderful, a wonderful model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. Right. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. And, w- and once we can do that, I think it frees, frees us then to have someone tell us a joke or to watch a comedy or to think about what can, what can I do? Can I make a photo album? Can I, 
take a course online. But I think it's hard to do when we haven't talked about the grieving that sets there. Mm. That's there. I just want to go back to what you said a minute ago about our society not having much patience for grieving, um, whether it's uh, the loss of a person or a pet or you know somebody who's important to us, and having pretty much a time limit. And I'm just wondering when how you uh, when you when you do talk with people when you are providing therapy to people who've suffered that kind of profound loss, how do you kind of help help acknowledge or guide them through that grieving process? Well, I think that in some ways I, I might be different than most therapists because I'm pretty active. So I'm not always waiting for them. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of stick to the point and I come back to it again. I don't let them talk about how they lost their husband or how they lost their mother one time. Mm -hmm. We talk about it often. And we talk about it from the heart, when they reach their heart. And we talk about it from their brain, from their adult part. And I sort of get them to talk to both parts, from their adult to this person inside that's hurting. It doesn't go away right away. Yeah. It doesn't go away. I mean, my husband died five years ago, but I, I still want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I have to pick the people that can be there and sit there for me mm -hmm. without telling me, oh, come on now, or it's been five years, or I've heard the story before. Not for so it's who you choose to be your, your buddy, your friend, your confidant. So right. teaching people how to listen to me is so important. My husband's been gone for 12 years. Wow. And, um, you know, I look up at my window and I often see a spider or uh, a big, big fly that, that seems to stay on my window for a long time. And I say, you've come to visit me. Right. And we can have a conversation. That's really nice. And so... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it ever really goes away. Oh, you go on with your life and all, but it doesn't necessarily go away. Right. And society should not expect us. Well, that's right. That mostly it's because I think that it takes an extraordinarily um, intuitive, resilient person to hear our grief. So part of what I've done most of my life is to try and teach women. I've given up on men. I think it's too hard. I can't teach them. They just want to make everything all right. But to teach women that they can really listen without catching it, you know, mm -hmm. listen and then be able to be there for their friend and then move on and have their ice cream cone or whatever they need to do because we need a witness. And the other thing is I think that now it's more complicated because we're not just talking about a loss of a spouse or a loss of a friend. We're talking about a lot bigger losses than that. Loss of memory, loss of our physical abilities, um, being afraid to tell our kids, wait a minute, um, don't correct me and tell me I said it before 
because if I knew that, I wouldn't be saying it again. Please have patience for, for me. I mean, I, I think those things are important. I can't walk as fast. Please walk with me. Um, I find that th those, those things that are happening to us aren't small. They're big. Mm -hmm. you know, how do we get here? All of a sudden. And we all experience these small changes yeah. over time. Yes. And yes, it doesn't do any good at all, does it, to just pretend they don't exist? No, no. And what I see in my community sometimes is people sort of stay away from the people that have memory issues or that um, can't walk as fast. And that's why the village is so wonderful because... I mean, I visit somebody three or four times a week, a friend that doesn't have a memory. But I mean, every other country takes care of their elders. We don't do a very good job here. Can you tell us more about the village and the kinds of uh, things you're, you are involved in particularly? Sure. Well, I'm on the board and um, it was interesting because usually board members uh, have to have a lot of money and give a lot of money. So the only way I would go on the board is to tell them I couldn't do that. And I didn't want to be pressured for that, but that I could offer a lot of other things. So the village itself is a nonprofit organization that was started to be there for people over 50 as they age to help them navigate aging and to provide all kinds of things, stimulating things, workshops. There are workshops all day long on Zoom for the people that, that are members. They used to be in person, now they're on Zoom, and they're finding there are more people now tuning into these things on Zoom because they don't have to think about getting a ride or anything. So we do a lot of that, and that's all, everything from listening to, to music, to listen to someone talk about aging or talk about um, memory loss or the great books, or uh, women's events, or there are just a myriad of all kinds of um, events that they send out a newsletter every week. And my, my interest has been working with these women. So I lead, I lead a group of women. There are seven of us. And um, it's, it's probably like a therapy group because we don't talk about books and we don't talk about clothes. But we talk about losses and fear and what's next. And at the same time, we can tell a joke or we can pass the popcorn. But I, I, I like doing that. Um, we have an auction every year where we raise a lot of money, which is important for people that can't afford um, the village, we have a fund in need that we um, raise money for. And this year we're doing it on Zoom. So I've been head of the auction committee. So I've been doing a lot of work trying to, <laughs> going up and down Armitage Street, having people give gift certificates and going through jewelry. And because we, it's a big fundraiser for us. Mm -hmm. um, that and grants and people that are on the host committee. And we've part partnered with Brookdale and Belmont Village and um, the Clare and lots of places like that so we can bring 
group things into those homes too. Yeah. So you, uh, when you and I talked, we, we discussed sexuality and resilience. You've talked a little bit about resilience, but um, so how do you think that, that uh, women over 70 should think about these, these uh, life enhancers? You well, don't, don't you think, I was thinking about that a lot. And first of all, I think we're all resilient or we wouldn't be here. Yes. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. the, the healthy people that are here, 70 and over, 50 and over, we're resilient. We've gone through a lot of things. We've gone through loss and we've gone through troubles with our kids and not talking to them and talking to them and divorces and a million things. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that we can buy at the store. It's something we have to give ourselves, that we have to talk to ourselves. We are resilient. Look at all the years we've lived. Look at all the things we've done. A good exercise is to have people write down, oh, think about all the things you've done. I mean, I remember the first time I took a bus alone. I mean, I was terrified. Really, I was terrified. I was a very overprotected kid, and I did it. And the first time I dug my car out of the snow, I never knew how to do that. So I tried to get people to remember Yes. The things they've done. It makes them a strong, a strong woman. Yes. Does it make sense? Absolutely. And how about the sexuality part? <laughs> well, that's interesting because I wanted to do a sexuality work workshop now, and we put it out there, and only one person signed up. So I have a feeling the women aren't really interested in that right now. Um, the few people in my group I've talked to about sexuality, which means sort of sensuality and touching and that kind of thing, and vibrators and stuff like that, they're, they're, they're squeamish. Mm -hmm. They're squeamish. Um, well, certainly one area in life that we uh, have not been terribly open talking about, we yeah. in this society anyway. Yeah, yeah. especially our, although, you know, you're right because... The, I thought the younger people were so much different. They're not. Mm. not. I say to my grandson, who's 10, who I adore, he's in my heart. He's our miracle child. My daughter had him when she was 44. I mean, I love him, and I can't hug him and can't kiss him. Mm -hmm. But I do say to him, Owen, hug me from the tits down. <laughs> I thought his mother was going to just... She rolled her eyes. And I said, hey, that's how it is. This is what this is. Hug me down here. Um, I don't know. We're the only country that's so, I don't know. Well, if, when you do sex workshops on sexuality, how do you frame those? What, what are well, I do, I've done them for years, but they were, they were for younger people. I haven't done one for women over, over 70. But for younger people, it was a fabulous, it was a two-day workshop, and they would come, and I'd have them draw their vagina and give them all kinds of crayons and make it beautiful, and I'd instruct them to look at themselves. Most women had never even looked right. down there. I mean, men just whip it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was fabulous, but I, it's a more delicate situation with women over 70, and it's... I don't know. To me, it's about touching and sweetness, and 
if they don't want to get a vibrator or don't want to touch themselves, that's a personal thing. I can't. Do you think that women who have been exposed to sexuality uh, young, the, you know, like those you've had in your workshops? I think they're, yes. Do, is there a difference in how they feel when they get to this age? Well, my, my friends, my colleagues are different. But, you know, I operate mostly either with clients or with people who are psychologists or social, you know, my, my milieu is pretty out there. We, we marched in the women's movement. We, we read Betty Dodson. We were, so my friends all are, can talk about it and they grieve that part too. It's like the sexy part of them when we used to be screwing, everybody is gone. <laughs> so, you know, we, re we replace it by having loving companions if we can have them. And, um, you know, I was lucky when my husband died because I bumped into an old friend that I had dated when I was in my 20s. Mm. And his wife had died. Wow. And it ends up he lives just across the alley from me. So we're buddies. Uh -huh. And we have a lot in common wasn't anything new because I knew his parents and he knew mine. And so I've been lucky that way. He's older than I am and he's not in his great health, but we're, we're companions and a lot of people don't have yeah. that. Yes. So. Right. So then what do we do? We get our friends. Yes. Women's yeah. friends are very important yes. at every age, but I think especially as we get older. Yes, and the loss there is we begin to lose them. Yes, yes. My best friend has lost her memory. Mm. You know, it's that happens. Is this the woman you visit several times a week? Yes, yeah. I moved her here from Florida with her husband. She's 82 and he's 90, and I moved them into Brookdale. And... She remembers past things, but she doesn't, it's tough. And she knows that it's tough, which makes it harder. We have another friend that he doesn't even know. And that is somehow better for him, but harder for his wife. So it's yes. complicated. I just want to be there for, for people I love. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So do you have anything that you would like to say to our women over 70 to the, um, and, and, you know, we, we, we want younger women to listen too, because I think that what we have to say is really important to them in their fifties and sixties and approaching seventies so that they can learn you bet. You bet. from the yeah. wisdom of our guests. Well, I, th I think that my advice would be, Please talk to someone. Please tell your story. Share your stories. Mm -hmm. Sad, happy, struggles. Share them. I mean, nobody wants... To, we're not able to talk about movies and all that stuff now, and it's, it's time to talk about what's real. Mm -hmm. So I would do that. And it reminds me, do you remember... Do you remember the poem, uh, Jenny Joseph's poem called Warning? No. I thought I would read it. Oh, please. Is that okay? Yes, yes. sure. 
When I am an old woman, I shall wear purple with a red hat that doesn't go and it doesn't suit me. And I shall spend my pension on brandy and summer gloves and satin sandals and say we've no money for butter. I shall sit down on the pavement when I'm tired and gobble up samples in shops and press alarm bells mm. and run my stick along the public railings and make up for the sobriety of my youth. I shall go out in my slippers in the rain and pick the flowers in other people's gardens and learn to spit. Yes, I am a woman. Mm. That's lovely. I remember that poem um, from, I might've been 40 years old and I was so taken with it and I couldn't, it was like, okay, I can't wait to get to that point where I can really appreciate what she's talking about. Well, I think that's true. And that, that's resilience too. I mean, I don't care now if someone doesn't like my opinion. And I, I, I am much more out there than I ever was before, mm -hmm. giving my opinions and doing what I want to do. And mm -hmm. um, it's, it's freeing. The when other did that start? When did that start? Yeah. Well, it's probably, I've had a big mouth always, but it probably got more accepting when I turned probably from 50 on, mm -hmm. but it's certainly there at 80. I got to tell mm -hmm. you, it is there. Um, it's really there. There are a few books I thought I'd mention if anybody that listens to this would be interesting. And that is um, Cheryl Sanders wrote mm -hmm. a book called Option B. Uh-huh. And that's her life and what happened. And it's very interesting. Mm. That's another thing the village did. When she was here, they got tickets. They had seats for village members. So we all went to that, which was pretty fabulous. And then Joan Didion wrote a book called mm. The Years of Magical Thinking, which I'm sure you've read a long time ago, which is very wonderful to read. And then there's a newish book called Resilient Grieving, by Lucy Lucy Hone H O N E, mm -hmm. which is which I think is yeah resilient grieving resilient grieving yeah. yeah yeah well thank you for sharing those with us and thank you for all that you have said well and I hope I hope it was enough and I hope it was helpful and absolutely I care a lot about what's happening to people and. Obviously. It's a tough time, everybody, and we can do it because we're resilient. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Strong women. That's it right. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on Women Over 70's Advocate for Women Aging.